Welcome to another It's the League podcast. I'm Karin, and we have Matt here with us on his glorious President's Day three-day weekend in the middle of All-Star break. How you doing, Matt? Hey, I'm doing great. Happy President's Day. Happy President's Day. Uh, so we got this kind of crazy thing going on where uh, <laughs> All-Star weekend's always fun because you get these like random videos of people doing things. And uh, I was just talking to Matt. We saw this video. It's Steph talking to Mike Budenholzer about how he's talking to James Harden. How crazy was that? That's fantastic. I love seeing that. I love hearing that he's actually not happy scoring 40-something points a game. So for those of you who haven't seen this video, James Harden, or Steph's describing his conversation with James Harden, talking about how uh, James Harden, you know, is saying, I'm tired of playing hero ball. Like, I don't want to do this by myself. Which, you know, I I guess CP3's down with injury, but that's kind of crazy. And it looks like Steph didn't maybe realize he was mic'd up. And Oh, he had he had to not have known. Yeah, there's no way, right? He kind of turned away from the camera. It looked like he didn't know what was going on because he saw the camera, but probably didn't realize he was mic'd. I mean, that's not that's there's no way that's James Harden thinking about joining the Warriors, right? That can't be what's going on. Uh, I mean, it seems like it, that's what everyone wants to do, right? I mean, shit. <laughs> look at look at Demarcus Cousins is there right now. Uh, but no, I mean, it, I think that's just a fun. That's just a fun little tidbit. Like, oh, he's really not happy scoring 40 points a game. Sorry. It's funny because, you know, I'm sure that there are the times where he's not getting to do that, where he's going to complain the other way, like I'm not getting the ball enough. Mm -hmm. And then when you're getting the ball as much as he is, you know, you you have that problem too. And it's it's funny. I mean, we all complain as human beings, and NBA players are sometimes no different. Oh, absolutely. It's got to be actually kind of hard, though, if I really think about it. I mean – that's a lot yeah. of pressure, but, you know, hey, I don't feel too sorry for James Harden. No. No, and speaking of uh, people we shouldn't feel sorry for, <laughs> don't, don't even know what to say about Anthony Davis anymore. I, I am shocked that I, I'm done with him. the arena in the middle of a game. Like, yeah. even if you have to get an MRI, you can wait till the game ends. I'm not happy how he's handling this. I'm just really not. I mean, I'm not happy with him in general. I mean, yes, he burned yeah. me in fantasy, but it's, I'm really not even looking at that. I'm just like... He literally leads the league in minutes away from the game due to x-ray. It's like, it's ridiculous. So it just doesn't make any sense. I'm just, I'm not, I can't take the guy seriously anymore. It's one of those things where it's one thing to hold a team hostage with a trade demand, but I think this is like the earliest we've ever really seen it. A year and a half left on your contract. Clearly he got his agent to spill that news so mm-hmm. that the Lakers would have a shot. And then he, all this, all these bitch moves, like saying, "Oh, the Celtics were on my list." What do you mean? Oh, twenty-nine teams are on my list. Really? Would you would you accept a trade or be pushing for a trade to like the New York Knicks if they don't get other two players? I, I doubt it. Are you gonna go play for like the Memphis Grizzlies? I don't think he means that. He's just kind of saying stuff because he can say say stuff. Like that's that's what's frustrating to me about it. It's not like he has a specific like I need this. He's just like I just don't want to be here. It which is kind of crazy. It's very unbecoming. I, I just don't like the way he's handling it. Did you see the interview 
at uh, at All Star Weekend where he said, "I never said they weren't on my list." It's like, dude, shut up! Like you, you don't have what gives you the right to have a list. You have a contract that's a year and a half away from being done. Like, shut the fuck up and play. Yeah, it's it's one thing to say I need a trade, right? I can understand that, but I mean, I look players have plenty of power in the NBA, probably more so than any league. I don't think ownership needs to be acceding to someone's request for specific teams unless there's no trade clause right like if there's no trade clause and like that's fine um otherwise it's sort of like whatever that even if that is if there's no trade clause that can be public or it doesn't have to be public right he could just keep that to himself and keep it there because how how does drew holiday feel about playing with him right like you have to now like pass the ball to this guy who you know is leaving and who doesn't want to be there and it just kind of ruins the whole experience. I'm sure that the Pelicans are going to lose a ton of money on seats the rest of the year, too. Well, supposedly he told some of his teammates, including Drew Holiday, before he he went public with this. I don't know how they handled it, but uh, I, I imagine that was an awkward conversation. But in any case, I don't know. I just I, I'm I don't even care where he lands at this point. He just he just bothers me. Before we move on to fantasy basketball, which I know everyone's waiting for, I think we got to talk about two different teams at two different ends of the spectrum. The first is the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, yeah. I watched a lot of their games, mm-hmm. and what I like about them is there's a system. Mm-hmm. It's it's a weird system where, you know, okay, obviously Giannis is insane, but then you've got guys like Malcolm Brogdon, Eric Bledsoe, even like role players like Orsani Ilyasova, Brooke Lopez, and then obviously Chris Middleton's great. They just added Miritich. It's a weird team, right? It's a team where no one is a star except in that system. Again, outside of maybe Giannis and emerging Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this feels like a new system, like the Warriors, right? It feels like it's built around the players that they have. Well, Budenholzer is a good coach. I mean, he had a lot of success with that Hawks team a couple of years back when he had four All-Stars. I mean, so this is a, a legit guy that, that came in and actually transform some things so i really hope that they make some noise it, it'll be i mean i could see them definitely getting to the conference finals we'll see about the finals it's gonna maybe end up being this like a, a bucks raptors whether it's you know east finals or before that that could be an interesting series because Kawhi can be dominant in the playoffs and yet i don't i don't know if he still has that killer instinct it's we're gonna have to see that right we haven't seen it for a while and he's had his own set of drama so It'll be interesting. I, I mean, I'm still impressed with the Pacers hanging on to the third seed without Oladipo, mm-hmm. but you have to think they're not going to be as strong. So it's, it's probably going to come down to playoff Kyrie, playoff Kawhi, mm-hmm. playoff Sixers, and the Bucks. right? Like, that feels like the competition in the East for the most part. It does. But I, I, would put, I would put the Bucks on top for now. It does, but I almost still don't trust that, that Kyrie specifically will stay healthy, right? I mean, yeah. he hasn't. He had a healthy finals back in 16, and I think it's 17, right? But he wasn't there in 18. He obviously wasn't there in 15. You just sort of don't know if you're going to get him. So that could really change some things. It's going to be – I actually am maybe maybe not weirdly, but I think I'm more excited about the East finals this year, yeah. the East playoffs, I should say, than I am about the West playoffs, Just especially that second and third round, like this, the, the East semis and the East finals. I think they're going to be great. I think they're going to be much more intriguing while – like the Warriors basically steamroll through through the West. That's, you know, what always happens, but hopefully something different happens this year. Speaking of something different or maybe not different, uh, the Lakers. I They're 28-29. Mm-hmm. They're, they're three games back of the Clippers who aren't going to, you know, set the world on fire by any means. But you just kind of wonder, like, what's in it for them at this point? Like, 
they could limp in to the eight spot. Maybe if they can get to the seven spot, worth it. But if you limp into the eight spot, get crushed by the Warriors, like why not just stay in the lottery? And I, I don't, it's weird because it's LeBron and the playoffs about LeBron seems impossible. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, he, this is his most injured year. Maybe this is a year for him to just not take that toll on his body while he waits it out. What do you think? Actually, that's pretty smart. The funny thing is, is, you know, the media obviously, you know, puts a lot of pressure on him, but he, for once, left and didn't say or promise to win a championship. So I don't really see why. I mean, maybe it's just because of what he's accomplished and, and who he is uh, and what he's capable of doing. But it's to me, it's like it's not really that big of a deal if they don't make it. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Like just, you know, get a he obviously take the long view. This is a four year deal he signed. So if he's in it for the long haul, if you miss the first year, yeah, it's the first time you'll ever miss the playoffs in your in your career. And yeah, maybe that's a ding. But if not, if it ends up being a championship in four years, I mean, it's all about progression, right? It's a process. So I don't see why it would be that big of a deal. It's not really that urgent. I mean, if they make it great, I mean, that would be cool. And, you know, maybe they can make some noise at the eight seed and beat the Warriors. I think that'd be the coolest thing ever, but it won't happen. So (laughs) (laughs) it would, it would, it would be fascinating. I mean, it would actually, it would be a reverse for the Warriors of that. We believe team when the Mavericks, won the president's trophy and then exactly got trounced by Baron Davis and company. But you know, it that could was be. the it... Warriors fan base. That was, I was listening to the Woj pod with Travis Schlenk, who was a Warriors front office guy at that time. And he was just talking about how like the Warriors fans believed even when the teams were terrible. And, you know, for all the history that, that you have at Staples center, I don't know that the fans energize when the team's not good. Like, I think the fans are there when the team's great, but it's not, it's not the same source of energy that a place like the Warriors, like, you know, like Oracle arena or even some other, like the thunder, I think have a great crowd. Like there are some other arenas where they can carry you. Don't know that I feel that way about the Lakers fan base. It would be a fun eight one though, because you still have someone that they're all too familiar playing who knows how to play them. So it could be a fun, could be a fun thing. I hope it happens, but like I said before, it's not. It shouldn't be as urgent as like maybe the media places on it. I think if you take the long view, the guy never actually said, "I'm bringing a championship to L.A." So it's like back off. It's going to be fine. I think that's right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up our NBA conversation and move to our fantasy basketball conversation. This is interesting. Where you know, in theory, the the All Star break supposed to feel like the halfway point of the season, even though it's it's really not. I mean, the teams have played more than um, half their games or about, you know, almost 60 games in some cases. We are even closer to the end of our fantasy basketball season. Mm-hmm. We have a, we're at a point where, you know, we're in the middle of week 18 slash 19, and then there's only two more weeks left, which means there are some decisions to be made as far as who's going to be where. And I, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I'm really intrigued by the race for 12th. I love that there's something on the line this year, like finishing 12th in regular season, like, looks like Cody's going to be getting some some money paid for him uh, for next year's entry. And it's a three-way it's a three-way race between at least one team we we probably didn't see coming. I would I would say maybe all three. The King Slayers currently in 12th. Right. Only half a game behind it's the wife in 11th and Mossy Butterflies only like a little bit ahead of that. I think about it's like two games up on the King Slayer. So right right in that race. Do you, do you, do you see a not like a favorite or the opposite of a favorite to uh to finish 12th <laughs> i think they all know that they've lost so it's gonna be a crapshoot 
Um, but if I like that you reminded them just now, hopefully they are listening, uh, that they have to pay for uh, the inevitable first place winner of the regular season, which was likely going to be Cody. So Cody will have his entry fee paid for by one of those three, most likely. Uh, so hopefully that's a little motivating moving forward here. I, I like, I want to give a, a quick shout out to Paul and Jeff for that rule was written for both of them. I'm pretty sure. And they are nowhere mm-hmm. near that conversation. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're going to get to talk about them, but they're looking, they're looking like they have a good shot at the playoffs, like a, a solid seed. So definitely. I, I think what's interesting is, is Steven's team mm-hmm. for a few different reasons, but you know, he, I think if I remember when someone ran the monster analysis right after the draft, he was, you know, far and away, like the number one expected team. Mm-hmm. And granted, he's had some injuries, right? I mean, Capella being gone for months certainly doesn't help. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, even pickups, like he picked up uh, Lonzo and Lonzo got hurt and, you know, that's pickup, but still, I think what's fascinating is if you look at his team, he has a bunch of top 100 players. Oh yeah. But if you look at the team stats, it's crazy. He, he, he's built a punt punt build, right? He, he's 0-17 in free throw percentage and 0-17 in three-pointers and 1-16 in points. Right. The problem is he's only significantly over 500 in three categories, mm-hmm. rebounds, field goal percentage, and blocks, right? So that's tough. If you're only 9-8 and eight in turnovers, you're only 9-8 and eight in steals, and then you kind of have to, like, steal one of the categories you're not that good in, mm-hmm. that's, that's tough with a punt build. Um, I, I, I really think he didn't get enough from some of the players he expected to Mm -hmm. because this could have been a good team i mean he has the components where you know players like simmons and westbrook and uh even like a a guy like um nurkic like Mm -hmm. has been great this year so it's just a it's just a matter of i don't think the build works well number one i'll just say i can't beat him i have not been able to beat this team uh he's beat me five four both times because he specifically is designed to win those five against mm-hmm. when he happens to play my team problem is he's not gonna play my team every single time so right. uh you know when you're when you're looking at zero and 17 in two categories uh it's just you know hopefully take a little bit out of you know how you can oh one in 16 in points too like how to uh build your team going forward how aggressive you can get with the punt it's a little bit that was a little bit too lopsided you got to be a, a little bit more balanced across the board the punt strategy is always tough. I think Michael is the only one who's pulled it off reasonably well. I think that was last season, if I remember right. Last um, season, reasonably well, yes. Reasonably well, right. He was consistently 5-4, and I just feel like – and then he had some shot at 6-3 sometimes, mm-hmm. which just gives you a little bit of breathing room when you have a bad week from a player or two or yeah. like a low game week from one of your top players. I mean, you can't build a punt build and then lose mm-hmm. in 8-1 week, right? Like he lost 8-1 to the Jeffs last week, mm-hmm. and that's – you can't do that. You you just can't recover from that. No. And I I built that punt team that that had those weeks. And at that point, I don't think so. I, he's my favorite, I think, honestly. Um, just just because of that issue. Um, schedule is always going to matter with these things. Mm-hmm. But honestly, for for twelfth place, I feel like we don't need to do a full schedule analysis. Let's let's just hope that uh, activity is going to save activity, action, effort is going to save one of these teams from. From costing themselves seventy five dollars next season. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, hey. Hopefully, that's enough motivation for him. Let's talk about um, before we get to the kind of the, the teams in the middle. I feel like talking about strong, strongly positioned teams for the playoffs. I have to start with Cody's team. I, I feel like 
he has built this strange hybrid team. It's not the team that was so dominant that won six three basically every week because he just punted turnovers and both percentages. Mm-hmm. He's basically pretty good at everything. That's I mean, I don't think we've seen a team really like that. He loses categories. It's not that he doesn't, but he can win both percentages at least some of the time. He's really great at three pointers. He's really great at points, very solid in rebounds. And then like his worst category is turnovers, which as we've discussed many times is basically a coin flip some weeks. Mm -hmm. If you're at least all, you know, close to 500 in the other remaining categories, that means you're going to steal some of those and you can pull off those wins. And that I think makes him really scary going into the playoffs too, because you can't plan. Even if you have a bye week, I don't think you can plan for Cody's team because it's going to be a little different. Mm -hmm. So he's definitely the scariest team. He literally makes me scared. But the one thing that is, actually really encouraging is what happened at the trade deadline Mm. he's Mm -hmm. got he's got what dennis smith deandre jordan and tobias harris all three of which were dealt to probably less than ideal well except for dennis smith dennis smith went to a better situation yeah that's probably got better yes but in but with tobias harris that's that's an early round pick i think he had him in his third or fourth round uh, DeAndre Jordan still someone he's had the entire season. Uh, it just seems like that's hopefully going to help. It's just weird every time I played him too. How is how is he beating me in free throw percentage when Andre Drummond and DeAndre Jordan are on your team? It just it crazy pisses me off. Absolutely. Well, and I, the thing the thing I'll be interesting I think is um, Drummond's giving him a lot of value right now. In fact, if you look at like per game stats, Drummond's the number three player in the last month, which is almost unbelievable. But He's also in one of those like playoff bubble teams. Like the Pistons are tied for that eight spot. Mm-hmm. You have to wonder. I mean, I don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to sit out a bunch of games necessarily, but he might play a few fewer minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's one of those things where I think he has enough talent that there's no single point of weakness. I mean, Buddy Heald has been insane as far as threes and scoring. Mm-hmm. He has like pieces to pick up the slack on like blocks and rebounds, like Ibaka. Um, even Joe Ingles is just, I, he's perennially underdrafted. I feel like just does enough to get things done. So there, like you said, I think his team got worse, but I don't know how much worse it got mm-hmm. uh, to the point where he's that vulnerable. And he, I, I mean, I have to go back and look at the list, but I don't know the last time Cody lost was. Well, even JJ Redick he's got, right. And that's, he was impacted by what happened in Philly, although he put up 34 the other day. So you just sort of never know, but you would think generally he's going to be impacted. So hopefully yeah. for the rest of us, hopefully he got a little bit worse and lets us, uh, lets us in the door a little bit. I think we just got to close with this with him. He has two losses this season, four five to the Jeffs and two seven to keeping a gangsta. I mean, I don't, I don't know what happened that week. It must've been a bad game week. Uh, he also tied with the Kingslayers <laughs> a few weeks ago, which again, mind-boggling that uh, the team, you know, he's, he's destroying the rest of us and the team that might finish 12th held him to a tie. So uh, my money's on Cody, but it's, maybe it's going to be a team like Rojas if he could get into the playoffs. That's going to give him trouble. I can't believe he only lost twice. That actually, that is even scarier. Okay, well, now I'm depressed. uh well the good news for you and i think for um the two other teams in your division uh the cab cab dogs ballers and the ministers of magic is it's been consistent i think that that you know you you actually had a bad loss against me last Mm -hmm. week you did came a little bit unexpectedly i would expect 
or I would think from both our perspectives, it was, um, I, it was tough. I thought I had a shot, but not a shot at winning seven, two or, or almost nine. Oh, uh, I actually took okay. a picture and emailed it to myself. Uh, cause I was up nine Oh on Friday and I'm like, I don't know if I've ever been up nine Oh on a Friday, especially not against. A you took a photo, so. you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, cause I thought I was going to end up losing like four or five. And then I just wanted something to hold on to having lost four or five. So the fact that I still won and I get to, Oh keep yeah. That picture, oh, you, that's dude. That was, I'm going to hold on to that. that but really I didn't want to, I didn't want to say anything about it until the week was over because oh, I jinxed myself enough. Times. You've learned. I I'm trying to you've, even, even saying it now, I've probably done something. You probably sure. did. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so you, you're, you're in solid position. And I think again, with these kinds of things, schedules make a huge difference. So, um, you know, looking at, oh, I lost my schedule, looking at the schedule we have for Kev dogs ballers, he's playing me this week. And while I have a lead, I, I, all nine categories are close. And then he plays Jason and Steven Boyd. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lot to me. You would think, I mean, unless they're motivated to, to not get that 12 spot. That's what's going to come down to, right? It's going to come down to spoilers in some cases. Um, looking at the Ministers of Magic, who has just – I don't think Paul's been out of a playoff spot, maybe down to seven for basically the whole season, um, just kind of hanging on. He plays you next week, and then he plays the Mossy Butterfly. So potentially if he can survive and have a decent week against you next week, then he, he could potentially end up finishing with a, an easier week. So, again, you know, he's, he's solidly in that spot um, – well, I should say that's seven. But he's spots. playing the snakes right uh, now, and that he's down six three. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. I I can't figure out who I'm rooting for. I mean, I think I'm rooting for Cody then to just lock up the, lock up the buy, and then just uh, let me creep up the standings a little bit here. That's I think what you look, gotta look for. I mean, at this point, he's seven and a half games up, Cody. That is on on Kev Dogs Ballers in in third place and second place in the division, and I that's where, where Paul is too. You, you kind of have to think that you just kind of cede that to Cody at this point, as far as what you're rooting for. Yeah. And, and just kind of hope for that. So who's getting the buy on the other side? Well, that's, what's going to be interesting is that division for a while was, you know, my division, the Alexa division, which is, I don't think they heard our call to action to rename the divisions a couple, so. or a couple of months ago, <laughs> but uh, you know, the Alexa division, um, the lightning Jeff's, Almost, you know, they, they're actually tied in the standings right now with you, uh, not figuring in the week that's that's going on. Um, 80, 71, and 2, so solidly over 500. Keeping against us three games back, but as we just talked about, has some opportunities and has been able to beat Cody. And then you've got a couple more teams right behind them. The Monstars at four and a half games back of the Jeffs, and then it's the Slump, mm-hmm. five games back, which... It's, it's been a long climb, but I'm finally back in contention. I'm just short of 500, which is just a nice feeling, I have to say. Oh, yeah. What's going to be crazy about this is a lot of us play each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I play the Jeffs next week, and then I have to play um, I have to play the Rattlesnakes to end it, which is definitely going to be a tough week oh, unless I can shoot. pay Cody some money to see this <laughs> team. Uh, but then if you look at the fact that um, the Monstars uh, play you right now, right? You're, you're playing Michael. Mm-hmm. And then he has an easy schedule, right? King Slurs and It's the Wife, relatively easy schedule. Rojas has uh, where'd he go? Rojas has the Rattlesnakes and T-Unit, which we should talk about too when mm-hmm. we get to the bubble part of our uh, situation. And then finally, um, Jeff, after playing me, plays you. So there's going to be some playoff positioning, I think, but it's both playoff-like positioning in terms of getting into the playoffs and then... I think you kind of want to avoid that three, six seed, right? 
or sorry, the four five seed because the four five seed plays Cody this second week. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Either way, you're gonna play him. So I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna try for for seeding. I I do remember uh, a, a once wise Trent Bridges trying to do that exact same thing. Uh, that and, no. and that his his so-called attempt to do that resulted in him missing the playoffs in my inaugural season, and I kind of took that playoff spot. So exactly, I'll always be grateful grateful for that. Yeah, but. you can't do that. You got to get in. So I don't care where it is as long as I'm in. And then yeah, if uh, if the snakes are in round two, then then, then they are. You got to face them one way or another. I'm gonna say I don't think Jeff's the favorite because in a, though he's beating Rojas this week, which will certainly help him if he can hold on to that. Um, the fact that he has to play a very motivated it's the slump and I would assume a very equally motivated power flush mm-hmm. that makes it really tricky for him. The interesting thing about Rojas is I, I think his team is weaker than it was. Um, honestly, um, he, he had, he beat the Kingslayers, he beat the Monstars, but the fact that he has to play the rattlesnakes and then again, he has to play T unit. Mm-hmm. It, it could be a tough slog to make the playoffs, but won't get the buy. So then you kind of wonder like, Michael's been kind of limp dicking it. He's lost three of the last four weeks. But the fact that he has the Kingslers and it's the wife, he could go from maybe looking like he might miss the playoffs to into that bye because it's all so close. And I think that's going to be fascinating to see if he can pull that off. Oh, I think he will. I, I, I have a feeling. I think that's going to be set in stone. And you know who's carrying him right now? Pascal Siakam. Wait, you're, no, Pascal Siakam's on Rojas. Oh, I thought that's – I apologize. That's where I thought we were – Oh, you're talking about Rojas. Yeah, I thought yeah, he Pascal was – Pascal Siakam has been great. Sorry, I yeah, was, like, absolutely. really – I was, like, jerking it to Pascal Siakam's stats right now. 44 <laughs> points, 10 boards, 2 assists, 3 blocks in the last game. I was like, oh, my God. Who would have thought? I When he drafted him, I was like, oh, he's a waiver wire player. I don't know why he's picking up. And I have tried to trade for Pascal Siakam like three times Holy. this season. And it's to the point where Rojas don't even answer my messages anymore. Insane. Wow. I, you know what? I blanked because I was so excited by that stat line. Um, I, yeah, wow. All right. I just got lost in that one. But uh, yeah, incredible. What's going to help Michael, I think, is the fact that Otto Porter just went to like the perfect situation. The Bulls have no one basically other than Markinen. Oh, he and they're willing to give Porter the ball. I don't. I think that was yeah, it was a career high. He scored thirty. He just shat all over my team on that last Thursday before before we breaked. It was yeah, and you get two more games of Otto Porter in the next few days. So yes, uh, thirty-seven. It's going to be Jesus. Yeah, Ugh. he's he's solid. I mean, Aiden has been a great. Pick up Rudy Gay is somehow revitalized this season. I've been shocked by that. Rudy Gay definitely gave me some trouble. Um, and then just, you know, he had just smart pickups, like guys like Malik Beasley, who I kept being like, ah, everyone's coming back. Everyone's going to be healthy. And he's still producing. He still puts up almost 20 points a game. He's better than and then he, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then Kawhi's solid. Jimmy Butler's solid. Brooke Lopez is solid. I just, you know, he's... I, I think I regret this now. There was a moment where we almost did a Chris Paul for Jimmy Butler trade. And at that time I just needed the assistant steals and then CP three goes down. Oh, I think I still need CP three for my team. I think I would have been much worse with Butler, but Butler's been a top 10 player last month. Oh man. He's finally figured it out in Philly. Uh, this is a crucial week right now. He's up five, four on me and I've been trying to play catch up and I think I can get there, but he, he has a couple of dangerous players. And so if Leonard plays and doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, I'm hoping maybe for one more sit, just, oh, my knee hurts or whatever. Uh, I'm just going to need that here because he needs he needs to creep up. He needs to beat me. And uh, he knows it. 
So this is going to be a tough finish. I honestly have. Yeah. That's why I think the buy situation is so crazy. I mean, you can go from almost missing the playoffs in the Alexa division to being the buy. Mm-hmm. And as we've seen, and I, Cody's done this analysis more times than I can remember, but like just gives you a higher, you know, you have to win two weeks instead of, instead of one. And there, it also gives you that extra time to like set your schedule and pick up the players you need to, cause you get that extra four pickups that, you know, you can just use to set things up before the other team, while the other teams are battling it out. So it's, I think it's not just about getting that six seed. I think it's about trying to get that two seed. Get the um, buy is literally everything. But if you can't, then you just got to get in. So yeah. Cody's running away, so it's a little scary. But, you know, you never know in the last couple of weeks. Like, all you all you need to do is 172 or 181 swings it. So you just – you never know if that if that pops up. And I'm, I'm holding out hope. But, uh, yeah, the buy is crucial. It'll be – Fun to see what happens with T-Unit. Started off as a strong team. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, you know, as always, Trent, Trent does not lack confidence. No. And, you know, he made the trade we, that we've already talked about with me, with yeah. the Aaron Gordon, mm-hmm. CJ McCollum trade. But uh, unlike Trent, he's mostly sat pat after that. You know, I, sometimes he goes in and, and shakes things up a lot. He just had that brutal stretch yeah. with Anthony Davis kind of sitting out where he lost four weeks in a row. Um, and now he's even after that, he's lost two of the last three. The good news for him, Jason this week, and then it's the wife next week, and then Rojas, which would be potentially for that spot, as we discussed. I think he can turn it around, but do we think Anthony Davis is going to play? It doesn't seem like it, um, right? It, it, I mean, it, it, it's just a fiasco. And if he does, what what's going to happen? He's going to miss more time due to x-ray, right? I mean, this isn't – he's not dependable. So it's just tough. Like, I wish that he actually had dealt him at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's hard to do when it's Anthony Davis. But, um, you know, it's just that that's what it's come down to now. Because now him picking Draymond, too, kind of early, too, has been tough. Because he's had yeah. some on games. He's had some off games. But, I mean, this is the first year he wasn't an all-star in this, in this stretch, right? right. So yep. it was just not an ideal draft for him. And now that you have Davis – doing what he's doing, being, you know, a diva. This is not mm-hmm. helping your team. So I don't know if I – I mean, he's got D'Angelo Russell's helping him out a lot. He's fantastic. The Paul Millsap pick was a little scary because he's very, very up and down. Although that last game, 25 and 13, that's cool. But that's been kind of an outlier. I don't know. I uh, I think this might be a miss the playoffs year for him, but it seems like he's still on the bubble, and you never know what can happen. So I'm not really ready to write it off yet. Absolutely not. I mean, he's, he's there in the mix. And I think it just, again, having a good schedule helps. I think the D'Angelo Russell situation will be interesting after the all-star break. Cause you have to assume they're going to give Levert more minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Levert was on the court, D'Angelo Russell wasn't nearly as good uh, consistently, at least. True. So maybe he's just discovered himself and he still will be now, yeah. even with Levert back. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point Dinwiddie's probably going to get healthy too. And so you're going to have just more competition for handling the ball and, uh, I don't know if he's going to get as much production as he might need from that player. But what I think Trent did well, as as he has been for the last few seasons, he still gave his team an identity. And I think that's, mm-hmm. even when he's had rough weeks without Davis, the fact that he, you know, consistently good in um, a couple of categories. You know, he took, he took an approach that I think I actually did, and I know you have in the past, where he didn't punt anything, but he made sure that he was stronger in a few things that, that could kind of ride things out, like blocks 
um, pretty good in assists. And I think that has given him an opportunity to continue to be successful in a tough situation. Definitely. Yeah. And he's, it looks like he's only five back of the six spot, right? So three weeks, you get a five, four, couple six threes, you're in. So, you know, head down and, you know, on the gas pedal. That's just how you got to do it at this point. Now that you've seen kind of this season play out the way it has, um, are you leaning one way or another on, on divisions? I know we've had a couple of conversations about them. Uh, like it almost seems like the fact that a team that would be, you know, maybe like right now the Jeffs would be in fifth if they were in the Cody division. Mm-hmm. Does that, how much does that bother you? I mean, it, it, it did feel like one division was stacked much more so than the other this year. I actually still like it. I think it still makes it interesting because even though, I mean, if you look at the Alexa division with no, with no creative name and ours to either, dang it. <laughs> um, I, uh, it, it gives the lightning Jeffs a chance. Like he can get a buy and he still had a good season. So he should be rewarded for that. I think it keeps things interesting every, you know, being able to change it up every year like that and have kind of a fun tradition of how we pick them is, is a good thing. So I'm not, I'm not going against it just because maybe it's not favorable for me this year. That doesn't matter to me. Um, You know, everybody's on a level playing field. You just got to have a good team and win. So you just never know what's going to happen. I, I like I like the camaraderie of the divisions, how we pick them. All mm-hmm. of it's important. And this is just more work on Kevin. And I think um, uh, Cody brought this point up, but I do think one thing would be to make sure that you do in fact play each team in your division twice. Yeah, and play. I think that you it's know it's, it's, it has to be done so manually for Kevin. I know it's a lot of work, but um, for example, it would have been nice for me to get to play the Kingslayers twice. I think this season versus playing Cody twice, right? Like I'd rather, right. I definitely rather have the opposite and that might've been the switch. So yeah, um, it's a weird odd number of weeks because you can basically play almost everyone twice, mm-hmm. um, but not quite. I think it ends up being, maybe it is exactly one team that you end up not playing twice. So, or maybe it's two actually. Um, either way, point being, I like divisions. I think it's just another little tweak and yeah, it's going to suck for you sometimes. It's going to be awesome for you sometimes. And I think the key is just to, to keep things varied and interesting even the addition of something like the Hangouts group this year has been kind of fun. Just definitely, it's a little bit easier. We thought email was so much easier than message board, and now that we have that, that's easier than email. And it is. It kind of keeps people engaged and connected. I, I, I mean, I wonder how much of that also like brought Jeff back into the fold. Yeah, you know, like it's being able to is. participate and talk and make a pickup at the same time, or it reminds him to make a pickup because you get the notifications. Phenomenal. I don't know. What? I, I mean, I Jeff clearly drafted a good team too. I'm not not knocking his team, but more you're kind of seeing some rejuvenation um, from him and Paul, as you mentioned as well. So, um, you know, I think it's all for the better. Good. Then we're keeping it. Damn it. Let's I don't want to hear about it. The champ has spoken. I like it. Well, Hey, I'm still the champ for a little while. So I'm still holding that hope. I'm I'm going for this thing. Oh, you should. And Hey, look, we've seen people make the playoffs and, and congratulate themselves in all kinds of ways. And, We've we've seen that those things don't always play out the way they do. So, you know, it it it's I'm not trying to jinx any particular players, but there are some players that have been very injury prone that, that oh, yeah. haven't haven't played out that way. And that can swing a week. That can, that can make a huge difference, especially if you drafted them for their schedule or something like yeah, that. So, that can swing a week. So we don't know. I mean oh, this this long all star week is an interesting one. Uh with the eight full game days. It's just mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have some skewed stats, but uh, I don't know. Let's, I'm ready. Let's get it going. Well, it's going to be a strong finish. Uh, 
I appreciate you, Matt, taking the time to share your insights with the rest of us as we try and catch your two straight championships. And I thank all of our listeners for, uh, for supporting us in this newer format of our podcast. So let us know what you think, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Thank you.